Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. A happy Tuesday. A happy in-season tournament group play final day. Group play finale? It's a huge day, Kyle. It's a huge day. Massive day. One of the biggest days in Sacramento Kings history, I'd say. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> we game, are here with the in-season tournament, baby. Game seven, be damned. We're all in. <laughs> We're all in on the in-season tournament group play. Hey, Draymond Green did say that he expects it to be like a game seven atmosphere. Okay, which means they're going to boo him? Is that what he's expecting? Oh, mercilessly. Yeah. <laughs> we need Greg Popovich to grab the mic and say, uh, fans. <laughs> Pop's going to fly in. I know, like, hey, everybody. I know I don't belong relax. here at all, but can we relax? <laughs> can we stop booing my guy? No. I'd love to hear Mike Brown pick up the mic today when Draymond Green goes to the free throw line or whatever the heck he does. And there's some kind of stoppage and people are booing. If Mike Brown went and grabbed the mic and was actually like, hey, could you guys boo louder? I would love it if Mike like pulled the the Draymond on Draymond, grabbed the mic, and went like this. Just did the, yeah. The Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Just playing the, the, go full heel with it. Yeah, let's go. I'm not, I'm not against it. Uh, I'm Kyle. That's James. We're the Insiders. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Kings Warriors tonight. So we'll be doing a lot of today. Uh, Draymond Green is back for the Warriors from his five-game suspension. It did not dawn on me until I was reading Sam Amick's piece in The Athletic today that Draymond hasn't played at Golden 1 Center since the playoffs. Oh, that's interesting. Even he didn't play during uh, preseason? I guess not. Wow, okay. And then he was he was hurt. He had the ankle injury. Okay. During during the the first the first was it matchup? the home opener here. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gonna hear it. It's gonna be great. Oh yeah, this is good. I, I'm Kyle. I'm surprised you're not like going going to the game tonight. Yeah, it's just it's um for for your boy. It was a long weekend where I didn't get a, a ton of sleep because I wasn't feeling great. Oh yeah, I totally and get you. Even if I go until halftime and and leave early. A, I hate doing that. Leaving leaving a basketball game or leaving any sporting event early just hurts my soul. Okay. Like, I left early. Was it the OKC game? I dipped out of that one with, like, six minutes left when I when I just kind of decided, okay, the Kings, uh, the, yeah. this game's over now. And I hated it. Like, walking out of a stadium while there's still a game going on, uh, it just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I couldn't do it. I just, uh, e- e- even in, e- even, like, I went to the A's second game of the year this year uh, when when uh, Fujinami made his MLB debut and the Angels scored a record. I think it was 11 runs in the second inning. It was the most runs in an inning ever at the Coliseum. Okay. And I stayed that entire game. The A's lost like 13 to 1 or 13 to nothing or something. And I was there <laughs> the whole time. I was like, here's what this is what I'm doing today. This is what I'm devoting my time to. Of course. Okay, so I will tell you, my first baseball game ever, my uncle took me and my and all of the the boy cousins. So I, I've got a lot of cousins, but on my mom's side, so me, my brother, and three of my other cousins. So um, we went with my uncle to an A's game, and uh, he decided to leave early. So um, the A's were, were up, and uh, it was... I remember. So the A's had won 15 in a row, I believe. Something mm. like that. Okay. And then they lost one. 
and we had tickets for the next day. So we went to go see the A's against the Detroit Tigers. Um, I was able to sneak down in, in batting practice and get Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell to sign Great. Uh, uh, baseball cards. I was also able to slide a 1987 Topps wood uh, border Mark McGuire over the top of the dugout to Mark McGuire, who signed it. Incredible. So Got my a different time back then. My first game was spectacular, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my uncle made us leave. The A's were up, I think they were up four to one and they lost eight to seven. We listened to them blow the lead oh, in the car no. on the way home. That was the last time I ever left any sporting event. Brutal, dude. Ever. Never again will I leave a sporting oh, event early. awful. Ever. We left, we, <laughs> my folks and I had, had A season tickets in 2000, 2007, I guess it was. It might've been, it might've been before that. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So we had we had season tickets and we left a game I think it was the ninth inning and there was one out and they were down two and nobody on and we're like, all right, let's let's get out of here and beat traffic. And as we're walking out, I think it was a Rubio Durazo and Milton Bradley, I oh, think it was, went back to back. And and either tied or won the game. It was like, oh brutal. But yeah, so I hate leaving games early, so that's why I'm not gonna go to Kings Warriors tonight. Oh, that's why we got on this subject. My bad. Yeah, I yeah. Forgot. So I, I just, I don't, and even if I leave early, like your boy, like, dude, I'm a <laughs> wimp, bro. And so I'm, I'm out of there at, let's, let's generalis, generously say eight. Okay. That's being generous that I'm out of there at eight. Okay. And then I got to drive home and I'm not home till nine or nine thirty, And then <laughs> I've got a podcast to do tonight and it's just a. Okay. And I'm not going to bed until like by the time I finally get settled in, I'm like not in bed till like eleven, eleven thirty. And that's just That's um, rough when alarm you alarm goes here. off at three twenty. Yeah. No. So 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 we, once once we get towards the end of the year, like if this was a if this game had major playoff stakes mm-hmm. or was a playoff game or whatever, I would go. But given that it's November twenty eighth. And I love the play, I love the in season tournament. It's been great, but not so much that I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna wreck my week by getting two hours of sleep tonight. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Hey, I was able to find the game that I went to my first game. Okay, on Baseball Reference, uh, the A's took a four to two lead in the sixth. We left in the seventh. The A's gave up two in the eighth to tie it, and four in the ninth to lose. Is that Jay Howell? Um, oh. That was, I have a J House. So uh, Storm Davis started. Okay. Rick, Rick Honeycutt. No, it was a blown save by Dennis Eckersley. <gasps> no. He gave up five, five earned runs. Oh, my God. What year is this? Uh, this was 1989. Oh, my God, Eck. Hey, 88, 88, May of 88. My oh, bad. dude, sign of things to come. Don't love that for our guy. Yeah, yeah. Dang, five runs. Five runs. Wow, Glenn Hubbard played in that game. Uh, the Cobra, Dave Parker, uh, Stan Javier played center field. Carney Lansford led this off. This is this is how you know that you've been covering the NBA for way too long. Oh yeah, because we've got Kings Warriors in season tournament. Draymond Green coming back tonight, and you're like, hey, let me tell you about this Glenn Hubbard story. Yeah, let me there talk it is. about the 1988 Oakland Athletics. Fight. I did, I did. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, staying out after. Uh, it was Jay Hal, right? The that had um, yeah, he got booed at the All Star game in eighty okay. seven, and he was a reliever for the Yankees, right? My dad's gonna kill me for not knowing that. Um, sure. No, I'm thinking Steve Howe. My bad. Okay, so Steve Howe. I was waiting outside. Different players. Late at night, trying to get autographs when I was a kid at the Coliseum, and Steve Howe was there, who had had all kinds of problems. And there's a bunch of kids he's signing autographs for. And he's got a menthol cigarette hanging out, smoking in front of all these kids. <laughs> and uh, some some guy said something about the cigarette. He goes, hey, I kicked everything else. You know, I beat the Coke. Uh, stopped drinking a couple of years ago, but can't kick these ciggies. And <laughs> sitting there as a kid watching this dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's incredible. In front of all these kids. That's, that was a life lesson from Steve Howe. Uh, Jay Howell did pitch for the Yankees. Okay. But it was 87, so my dad tells me the story, and it's, it's great. So they're at the All-Star game, him and my mom, and Jay Howell gets announced, and he gets booed. In Oakland, he's the A's closer, and he gets booed because he's one of those up-and-down type of closers. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And like even when he'd get a save, it was like bases loaded, nobody out, and then he gets he, the three outs. He goes full Billy Koch on you sure, every time, right? That, totally. <laughs> and so he gets booed <laughs> at at his home stadium in the All Star game, and then this game goes thirteen innings. He comes in in the twelfth inning, and in the th- gets through the twelfth, and in the thirteenth gives up three hits and a couple of runs, and the AL loses two nothing. <laughs> Classic. Classic Jay Howell. All right. Classic Jay Howell. Kings Warriors tonight. Um, this is, this is the, um, most, this is the, the biggest Delta for me between the Kings and Warriors that there's been like going into the playoffs last year. I was like, I oh, the Kings have been a better team this year, but the Warriors have all the playoff experience. Yeah, of course. I was, I, I, I picked the Warriors to win that series. This, this earlier this year when they played in the, in the regular season, the one time at Chase Center, no De'Aaron Fox. The other time it was like, yeah, the the Warriors are playing pretty well. Kings, you know, fine. They beat the Jazz and then they lose to. No, they the, the only lost to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. The, the Warriors are their second game. So, so it was just kind of like, okay, the Warriors are playing all right. They're about even. You know, maybe maybe the Kings are a little better, but but right now with how Golden State is playing and how the Kings are playing, this is as as far apart as they've been with the Kings being the better team right now. Yeah, the Warriors have lost seven out of nine. And, and they've not looked like even the two wins, they like nearly tricked off a, a, a game against the Rockets. Yeah. And then there was another one, they beat the Spurs, and that was another one where it was like grinding it out late to to get a win at home against the Spurs. I kind of feel like Steph has like like he's he's got this group they're like ride or die group, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like how do I how do I get off this crazy train? Because it it's tough to watch Steph try to drag a bunch of players that that just aren't at the same level as he is anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were never all at the same level, but they were all close enough. Where sure. you know a bunch of all star level players, that's not the case anymore. And and it's really really hard to watch some nights. But they love to beat the Kings. They do. They love to. Treat them like little brothers, and and they like to you know stomp on people and throw punches <laughs> and and do whatever it is to beat them. But uh, I I think this is one where the Kings probably they need this one really bad, Kyle. They need this one for their psyche about being able to beat just this team, just beat the I, Warriors. That's a you know what that's I'm I'm glad you said that, and we need to go to a break, and I want to pick pick up this conversation right there. Okay, that whole kind of. Um, psychological edge or or needing this victory tonight for more than just in-season tournament reasons because win and they're into the knockout round. But I want to talk long-term about, about what tonight could mean for the Kings. Let's do that. Plenty of Warriors-Kings coming up for you. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. One of those days. One of those days. Second day in a row, we've got this random stuff happening on the board. It's fine, though. We're persevering. <laughs> We're persevering. It's going to be fine. We'll survive, Kyle. We'll survive. We're better. That's right. It'd be a bad way to go out. What happened? Oh, well, the board stopped working. The board stopped working. Just up there at the pearly gates. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kyle, I, I did find this clip. Um, I don't think there was any profanity in it. Oh. Uh, that's never a good thing. Is it when... the Clay Thompson one? Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no profanity. Okay. Do you want to play that? Yeah, let's, uh, let's, so hang on, let's, let's, let's set it up first. Okay, yeah. Well, so you here's where, so, so you talk about the, the King's, maybe needing this win for their psyche because the Warriors have just kind of been this this obstacle for them and I don't it's not even it's not even so much that that the Warriors are the hurdle the Kings need to clear to get to where they want to go that's very much going to be like the Suns and the Nuggets and maybe in a seven game series the Timberwolves you know it there's there's bet there are so many better teams in Golden State in the West right now but, but when it comes to that, hey, because you got like a guy like Keegan Murray or even De'Aaron Fox, 
Like they were teenagers when this Warriors run started in 2015. That Fox said it yesterday. I was in high school when they started winning championships. Yeah, so they there's still just this kind of aura of hey, this is this is we've got to knock them off this perch that they have mm-hmm. over the Kings specifically. So even if they fell off that perch from from winning titles and and they're done doing that, this is something the Kings as a team need to need to overcome. And it's just kind of weird because even if, and I don't, the, so I don't believe this, but you would get it if this is where the Kings are at, where if they lose again tonight, it's kind of like still at square one. Yeah. They've accomplished so much over the last, what, 12, 14 months. They have just grown exponentially as an organization and as a team and as a group of players as individuals but then there's just still this there's this team that's just down i-80 yeah that they need to knock off that they need to beat to kind of okay that's cleared that box is that benchmark is done now moving on to the suns and the nuggets of the world like that's that to me is what and and I guess the OKCs and whoever whoever else is going to be at the top of the West. I don't know. I'm just throwing teams out, but that's why tonight is important to me because there is a box that they have to check. Even I guess it goes back to last year. Well, I mean, last year during the season, they're one and three against the the Warriors in the regular season, but one of those games came at the end of the year where the Kings didn't care, right? And then we get to the playoffs and like, look, the the Kings took the series to seven. So they, they beat them three times. But there's a difference. Once you get to a certain point where beating someone is no longer a one game in the regular season, and now it becomes like you didn't get through them in the playoffs, and all of a sudden it feels like there's there's a boulder rolling downhill on you. And mm-hmm. now they, they beat you twice in preseason. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But then they beat you twice to start the regular season. So now you're on a five-game losing streak against this team. That's where I think... You, you can't let it get in your head. You can't let it. You're the better team right now. The Sacramento Kings today, like I'm not saying for the entire season, I'm not saying that they're going to be ahead of the Warriors for the next five years. I, I think they probably will be. I, I would bet on that, yeah. But, but for today, they are the better team. Yes. They've, they're playing better. They they just came off a huge win. They need better to, players. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, better players today Yeah. as opposed to like – four Hall of Famers or three Hall of Famers. Well, no, yeah, they've yeah. Got, they, they have four Hall of Famers on their team. Yeah. So we can say that the Kings are better in like today's game, like as we sit, but that's still, it's a tough team. And, and I get it, you know, like you go out there and you play against a guy like Chris Paul and he just gets under your skin the whole time. You go He's out annoying. there and Clay Thompson can be bad for an entire game and then beat you at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. And Draymond Green can stomp on your player mm-hmm. and and then act like he didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, so these are things. And then just like the greatness of Steph Curry. Like I, I've said this a million times, like you can hate that he beats the Kings, mm-hmm. but you have to appreciate the greatness of, of Steph. Just just the elegance of, of his game and, and how incredibly like impactful he's been to the to the game of basketball how he's changed the entire like complexity of of the game of basketball Mm -hmm. you can appreciate all that but at the same time like if you're a kings fan i I think that tonight you want this win as much as any win as much as you know as much as game seven maybe you want a game seven a little bit more but at this point you (laughs) want this one bad because this is this would keep you from going to the tournament and all of potentially and 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 all of this yeah I think is why those two preseason games mattered a little. Not in the scope of the year, because that the Warriors won those two games is not going to change the fact that the Kings are going to be a top four team in the West and the, and the Warriors are very likely not going to be. But from the Kings' perspective, if they won even one of those games, you're just throwing them out and it's like, oh, okay, it's preseason, it doesn't matter. But that you lost in overtime and then you lose on a Steph Curry last second three-pointer it's just like now you don't have anything to look back on outside of some regular season what they beat them twice in the regular season last year uh and they, they played so early it was they, they it was one and three the kings were one and three against the warriors last year regular season so so that that's just they don't have there's nothing to look back on that's like oh yeah we beat this team recently yeah 
Outside of the three three wins in the playoffs. Yeah, but that series culminates in ah. Yeah. It, it just kind of. It's it's how it let you how it ends is the the taste you have in your mouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. series as a whole. So no, it it's the the it's hard because it's the same it's the same thing i feel like with with the with the 49ers and the Seahawks this past thursday you're sitting there going the 49ers are just better they're going to win 31 to 17 mm-hmm. and i'm sitting here going yeah i think they're better but it's in seattle they got all this they've never won back to back years in seattle and Pete Carroll against Kyle Shanahan and that's a whole thing i think they win but i think it's going to be a lot closer and then they go out and they smoke them and it's like oh yeah they're just the better team and eventually being that much better just outweighs all the other stuff yeah i mean the and, kings have to get to that point though and I, I i i i agree with you but to me and again the warriors have been without draymond green but the vibes are just so bad and nobody's playing particularly well outside of outside of curry like no one's shooting it well no one's scoring it well not playing a ton of great defense so they're just kind of just, uh, they're just not very good right now. And maybe they ramp it up tonight and Draymond comes back and it, it, they look like the Warriors again. But for for right now, I think based on what I've seen of the Kings, and I've watched, granted, I've watched more Kings than Golden State at this point, but they've just been better in in what I've seen of Golden State. Yeah. Now, the Kings have been better than, than what I've seen from Golden State. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'd also add that, like, as we've gotten deeper and deeper into this run, like, the Warriors, like, I think they were so untouchable for so long. Mm-hmm. They were so good that you just sat back and, like, okay, all of the antics, all of the things that Draymond does are okay. The surliness that is Clay Thompson is okay. Mm. You know, you, you would like to have seen them be a little bit different, but all of a sudden, that's not who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit older. They're a little bit... uh you know they're not nearly as good as they were. Mm-hmm. It just as individually, like a guy like Clay Thompson, like sure he's still a great shooter, but he's not the same player he was before. And so you get to this point where you start looking at guys with a different lens because they're not in a bubble anymore. Their bubble is is kind of popped and they're mm-hmm. they're past it. And so we have this clip of Clay Thompson, and I think it's it's an interesting clip. Yeah, um, let me tough. see if I can figure out how to share the screen here and then. And then play it. Um, let's see. Share. And then I think I'm supposed to go full screen. Yeah, there you go. Nice, dude. And then play. Can you hear that? I can't hear it, Kyle. Um, I think I know why. Go ahead and restart this. Okay. Live radio. Nope, I don't. Uh, is that it? Nope, that's not it either. I got nothing for you. All right. Well, I guess we're not going to play the Clay Thompson clip. I don't know why that's not working. I'll come mess with it at the break. Okay. Sorry about that, friends. Yeah, we'll play it, though. It's it's a fascinating look at a player who is, I think, if, if the Warriors are going to make any kind of playoff run, yeah. Uh, think they're good enough but if they're going to do so without making dramatic trades and shifts and stuff it's going to require a player like clay thompson to recognize that the role that he wants to play and that he has played his entire career is not the role that he can play anymore is he still a great shooter yes you get him in the corner for a spot up three he's going to hit that that little one where he's fading to the right in toward the baseline he's going to hit that but the turnaround jumper from 16 isn't there as much anymore that 18 foot pull up that's clanging off the front of the rim here and there the the deep catch and shoot three that's not getting where it needs to go anymore. Like, so if, if this clip that we're gonna play after the break is like you're watching a player grapple with that in real time. Yes, and grapple with I'm not the player I was. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to come to grips with that. But it's also becoming hard to ignore. Yeah, and I think it is fascinating because it feels really rare that you see a player like just openly dealing with this in public. Yeah. And it is, it's like for him to literally say, do you want him to bench me? Dude. Okay. So it's so dramatic. It you're is like, you're well, sitting and, back like, Oh wow. And wait till you hear the question though. And, okay. and we'll have that for you a- after the break. Uh, that's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube. This is ESPN 1320. Let's hear Clay Thompson. 
deal with the fact that he should probably be coming off the bench next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, it is. I'm Kyle. That's James. I'm with uh, David here. He said push up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. Slip. It's supposed <laughs> to be B.A. Select Art, not A.B. Select Art. Oh, dang. Uh, but there you go. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'll try that. Uh, let's, <clears throat> let's try this clay audio one more time. Yeah. And see how, see how that goes. I'm just going to turn all of this on. Oh. And we're going to cross our fingers. I hear everything. So let's bring your computer up. We're going to play this Clay Thompson audio of Clay Thompson grappling with in real time the fact that he's no longer very good and that it may behoove him to come off the bench and take a lesser role, which is not easy for a player like Clay Thompson. Are you okay. going to bring it up? Yes, let's go. Here we go. Well, you got to bring it onto the stream first. I did. <laughs> this is great. This is going great. Um, no, so Clay Thompson, Hall of Fame career, one of the greatest shooters of all time. I don't, I don't think that that's something that a lot of people are necessarily going to argue with, but um, he's now at a, at a point in his career where, hey, maybe he should be coming off the bench. But that wasn't the question that got asked of him. So let's 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 play this clip. All right. Wish us luck. Fingers crossed. No dice. It's it's playing, and I'm sure they're hearing it in the chatty house, but outside of that. Yeah, I've got nothing. Okay. Sorry, guys. Anyways, Clay Thompson basically gets asked, like, hey, Steve Kerr tends to stick with his guys. Is that something that, you know... You're, you're, that helps you, that you're appreciative of. And he's like, what, you think you should bring me off the bench? Think you should bring me and Wiggs off the bench? Like, what, bro? <laughs> Nobody said that. Not a single time. It was Tim Kawakami of The Athletic who asked a question. And more or less, he's trying to get at, like, hey, you're struggling. You're stu- your head coach is sticking with you. Like, d- 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 is that, is that helpful? Does, and Clay immediately jumps to, oh, you think they should bring me off the bench? And it's, no, you probably think that, Clay. Like, you're probably starting to understand that. And whether the, the, the Warriors' success this season may come down to whether a player like Clay Thompson and, frankly, Draymond Green are willing to look inwardly and say, hey, my role on this team needs to change if this team is going to go where it wants to go. Because if not, you're looking at a team that's probably about 500. Yeah. I, I, this is this is a huge problem. Like, at some point, we knew this was going to happen, mm-hmm. where where a team um, like like the Warriors would eventually start to, to come to a, a conclusion, right? 
Like their run can't go on forever. It just can't. And so I, I think we're at that point though, where like some of the true personalities come out and, and some of the frustration with not being the same player that you were before start to come out. And like, look, I'm sure Tim Kawakami has said plenty of things over the course of his career to get under the skin of Clay Thompson or Draymond Green. That's who, who Tim is for sure. Right. But in this situation, he did not, I, I didn't think he was, he was needling. And, and even Clay asked him like, I, like, well, actually I think Tim said, did I write that about you? I, I didn't right. say that about you. Right. And he's like, well, you know, it's kind of like it, you start to get that Clay, he understands now that it's implied that he should probably come off the bench. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, like, I, I think to a certain degree, this is where, like, the Steve Kerr regime is going to, like, we saw the good times with Steve Kerr. Mm-hmm. But over the last year or two, we started to see, like, the enabling side. Mm-hmm. And the Draymond Green stuff has just been over the top and wild for me, like, to watch a coach sit there and back a player and not hold a player accountable and then have to come back and hold a player accountable after the fact where it was like in the moment you couldn't have like everyone saw what what happened dude like what are we doing here everyone saw you were standing there trying to rip the guy uh you know trying to get him to let go of of rudy gobert's neck you were standing there you're in the video we see you so don't act like something didn't happen that everyone else in the world saw Ethan Strauss, when he was at ESPN, wrote a piece, I believe it was in 2016, called The Warriors' Draymond Green Problem. And it was about this. Yeah. Seven years later. It's about how do you balance, okay, for Draymond to be, because he's not a physically gifted player. He's not tall. He's not quick. He's not fast. He doesn't jump high. Doesn't have a great jumper, but he has a great feel for the game, a high IQ, and... It has yeah. made a Hall of Fame career off of that. And a great, like, great. Okay. But for him to get to that peak performance, he needs to play with that edge. And Strauss wrote in 2016, how do you, how do you balance keeping Draymond, giving him that edge without him going overboard and hurting your team? The fact and is that's Kyle. what's played out his entire career is him falling off that edge and the Warriors going, nope, no, nope, nope. Hang on. Recalibrating, recalibrating where the edge is. He didn't fall. I think that's the point, though. The point is, though, with a player like this, you're going to put up with it until until he's not... The the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. And so you're going to keep putting up with it until right. until he's not good enough for you to have to put up with well, it anymore. It, this is... It's like they're there. They were and, there five years ago, <laughs> like what you're saying, and I, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But now they're there, there. No, but, but like, that's, but okay, but that's, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, is he's, Draymond Green is at the point where, you know what? He's not the player he was. He's still a fine, he's still a good defensive player. Not all NBA, not DPOY level, but he's a good defensive player and he orchestrates our offense. He knows where guys are supposed to be. That, that basketball IQ is still through the roof, right? But he's just not, he's not as good as he was. No. And, when he punches a teammate in the mouth and the response is, okay, he lost the locker room last year and it, it, it really hurt the vibe. So what we're going to do is we're going to trade the guy that he punched in the mouth and then we're going to pay Draymond four years and a hundred million dollars. And we're going to have Draymond go out and say the vibe in the locker room was bad last year. It's like, yeah, right. bro, you're the bad. <laughs> right. You, 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 you punch read the somebody. Room. Read the room. Look in the mirror. Yeah. So it's they they've they've decided though that this is what they want to roll with. I think they're there's they're no just line, so pot there's committed. No, th- that's right. There's no you're no you're right. You're spot on. There's no line he can cross where the Warriors are going to be like, okay, that's the line. Because if you ask them, if you said in 2016, hey, when Draymond was at his peak, like he he shot like 38 percent from three that year, and he was a all defensive team, and he's just an incredible player, right? If you had asked him that year, "Hey, where's the line with Draymond?" They probably would have been like, "Well, if he, you know, if he ever punches a teammate in the face, so that's that's the line." But okay, he's done that. He's he's gotten suspended from a finals game. He's gotten suspended from a first round playoff matchup where you were the lower seed. That's last year, and and, and stomped on an opponent's chest to do it. 
He's choking out Rudy Gobert for 12 seconds unnecessarily. And they're still like still. Eh. So there's no to me at this point there's no line. I'm no longer shocked that the Warriors are going to come out and go, "Yeah. Draymond being Draymond, we're going to let him be Draymond. We don't want him doing that, but you know what? He's got to be Draymond." And they've they've hit this vicious cycle of this. Draymond messes up, Draymond hurts the team because that's the that's that's what kills me is this is no longer just, hey, bad public image. This is, they lost games. Yes. Because he was out. I don't think that they go, well, he was out. I don't think they go 5-0 and oh or anything. But 1-4 and four while he was out? Mm. Like, really? Or I guess 2-3. and three. Maybe 2-3. and 2-3. and three. Yeah, yeah. But that's, they 3-2, and 4-1, and one, that's on the table if Draymond Green plays. I'd also, hey, Kyle, I, I think a little bit of it is for so many years, the rest of these guys have been like, we're okay with him doing getting all the attention because most of it's negative and we're okay with just being like the media darlings who win championships. But again, it always comes down to the fact that there there is a point where a player is no longer, his level of play is no longer worth the amount of, of damage he does off, outside the court. And like, in, in all honesty, like Draymond had had has held on a lot longer than I thought he would with this type of behavior, especially last year. And then to pay him that I think that's a startling thing. That was to pay him because no one else is going to want this problem at this point. No, and that's <laughs> that was just so okay. So what? He goes to the Lakers. So what? Yeah, that's what was. That's what was like. And I struggle with this because objectively, that's where I land. There's the part of me that grew up in the Bay Area rooting for the Warriors that's like, no, keep everybody together. But then objectively, though, the smart thing would have been like, dude, save that $25 million a year. You're, what, this is a bad, this is bad for your team. And that's what this is. That's what this is at this point. So I, I, I. <laughs> It's really hard, just as a, from a team-building perspective. Like, the Giants did this same thing with paying Matt Cain and paying Tim Lincecum, and you keep these guys around probably longer than you should because they're synonymous with your team's success. But that's Clay Thompson in this scenario. That's not Draymond Green. I think, I, think if you ask, a- I think if you ask most Warriors fans, they're including Draymond Green there. Okay, yeah, but, but I think there's a difference being a, between a player... Like, again, if Barry Bonds would have faded at some point, which he never did, mm-hmm. um, which we can discuss that if you'd like, why he didn't fade. No, that's fade. okay. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the fact that he didn't fade, that guy was a grade A a-hole yeah. for a huge portion of his career. It's part of why he's not in the Hall of Fame. There's a huge portion of the, like, being a bad teammate, being a, like, sure, the guy goes out there and he hits home runs. Okay, but outside of that, like, he wasn't a great dude to be around, mm-hmm. but he just kept performing. Well, there's always this breaking point with players. And I think, like, what you were talking about where you overpay guys that, to stick around, I get that. But that's, again, in this scenario, that's Clay Thompson. You, you kept pay, you're probably going to pay him again just to, to mm. stick around. You paid Wiggins. A huge amount of it because he's he's part of the group. He's part of the team. Well, but when it comes to when it comes to Draymond, I just he's he's a totally different like type of player. And like the guy that we've seen players like him that have that personality that I don't have to. I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. I will do what I do, and you can kiss mine. Yeah, that's his his persona, right? It's what he says. His his quote: "I don't live my life with regrets." No, everyone else lives with regrets that they paid you a hundred million bucks. But right. there are other players. Like I can start with like a, a remedial player who wasn't good enough to to like to to hold on in the league long enough. Rashawn mm-hmm. McCants. No, you're a jerk. You're out. We're done. I mean, that dude's yeah. out of the league at like 23, 24 years old and never touched again. Sure. Derek Coleman, he was so good, but surly and an, just a complete jerk, and no one wanted to deal with him. But he lasted like 12 years because he put up 20 and 10. Right. DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins puts up 25 and, and 12 and 25 and 10. 
you put up with him until there's there comes a point in the league where his reputation had built him built up so much from every one of his stops. He got to a point where he, is he better than DeAndre Jordan uh, right now? Yeah, it, it, I don't care if DeAndre Jordan put up twenty points last night. That's crazy. He's more on that later. He's better than DeAndre Jordan. Is he better than JaVale McGee? Yes, DeMarcus Cousins could still go out and mop the floor. Like, he could be yes. an impactful player for a team. But there's a buildup of all this, you know, basically player plaque that you can't get rid of. And the league finally said, we hit a point with you and we're not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. The only reason this didn't happen to Draymond is because they kept winning titles. And if they mm-hmm. would have stopped winning titles, if he wasn't part of the feel-good Golden State Warrior dynasty, I don't think he would still be in the league. I, I think that this if, this would have we would not. He certainly wouldn't be on a four-year, hundred million dollar contract. And the reason he got that contract is because of Steph Curry. That's if Steph had gone in to Mike Dunleavy and Steve Kerr and Joe Lacob this offseason and said, "Get Jordan Poole out of here." That's because he's an unserious basketball player. Yep. And Draymond's got to go too. Like we can we can figure out a better use of that $25 million a year that's going to help us win a title more than Draymond. But Draymond's Steph's guy. That's I, that's why you didn't see major repercussions for his blow up with Kevin Durant against the Clippers in 20 was that 19? Yeah, that's why you don't see major repercussions for punching any. I'm sorry, excuse me, any repercussions for punching a teammate in the mouth. It's because of number thirty. You know what? They, Steph goes, "Hey, that's a ba- that's a bad look." But they, that's they my went guy. On, they went on a search to figure out who put the video out. Yes, that because was that's the, what we're doing, dude. That, that's what right, we're doing. The the trust has been broken because the video leaked. What? Yeah, the trust. <laughs> that's why. You're right. That's why. So, and I'll, and I'll add this. That's nuts. I, I I find it like we're watching Clay Thompson like clinging, right? And Clay Thompson didn't get an extension this summer, mm. so he's he's next. And you know he's gonna look around and go, "Hey, how come you paid him and you won't pay me?" And I'm like, "Boat Clay. I'm like Clay with his dog guy." I'm Clay on the beach guy. Everyone Clay could do. Can everyone do loves Clay Thompson? No wrong. Yes, in San Francisco. Yeah, but when that tax bill comes up, and they realize that they're going to have to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to keep Clay Thompson, and you start losing draft picks too, right? Well, that and, and you you start losing in the regular season, and you don't make the playoffs, and you're paying a ton of money mm-hmm. for a bad product. Like in the end, like Lakeup wants to win and he has to decide what's going to be better for his team, like legacy players or actually winning. And at what point does, uh, does Steph have this conversation? Like, that's it. Are you going to waste the last three years of my career with this? Is this, is, is this what, how I go down? I think I would be fascinated to know. And just let me, I have, I have two things on this one, just for, for reference on where clay is at this year. It's not like, oh, he's a little worse. He's averaging 15 points a game. That's his lowest since his rookie year when he averaged 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. He's shooting it at 40.2% from the field. That is his career low by more than 20 points. No, I'm sorry, by exactly 20 points. And he is shooting 36.7% from three. That is a career low. And he's doing that on seven and a half attempts a game in 29 minutes a game. Yeah. And it's really hard because with Clay specifically, because not only was is he the second Splash Brother, it's Stephen Clay, the greatest shooting backcourt of all time, as Mark Jackson dubbed it. This is a player who was, I mean, a foundational piece of this team who was a two-way player and in, in his prime had was in the discussion for best two-way player in the league. He was he was a he overcame an ACL tear that he received in the finals. And then remember, after that ACL tear, came out of the tunnel to shoot his free throws, then went back on defense because he wanted to play. And while recovering from that ACL, tore his Achilles and missed another year. And then came back in his first bucket against the Cavs as a dunk. 
And his first full season after the ACL and Achilles, he helps him win a title in that, that year that he came back. And then in that second, his full year last year, leads the NBA and made threes. Yeah. Like, that's this guy. Dude, th- it's 301 it's, for 731 from three. He shot 41.2. He led the league in threes and shot 41.2% from three. Last year. Last year. Yes. And I not think two years ago, not five years ago. Yeah, he was good last year. And that's that's why I think that with Clay specifically, it's so hard for people to wrap their wrap their heads around. Because like, dude, this was an effective player last year. And then you saw the wheels come off in the playoffs. And it's like, okay, it's his first full season. That's a long run. He didn't really have an off season going into last year. But then this year he had an off season. He worked on his game and he comes back and he's just he's just not <laughs> he's just not good anymore. Kyle, I, w- I would add this. One of the problems that he has, just like uh, you know the rest of that team has, is that the the s- secondary pieces that they have been trying to develop, trying to bring in, they because they were the champs, because they were great, like signing spectacular veteran mm-hmm. like secondary pieces, like rotational pieces, but guys at the end of their rope was really easy. Yes. Like going out and bringing in a David West, going out and, you know, playing these years with, with guys like, you know, even Otto Porter helped them win a title. Yeah. Right. So like they were able to get a certain tier of secondary pieces. That's not what they have well, anymore. Not they, only, not only that, just real quick. Yeah. The bar for the, the level of play for those secondary pieces was much lower. Oh, of course. You needed a little bit from David West and a little bit from Sean Livingston and a little bit from Otto Porter. Yeah. Hey, Otto, can you play the five and hit a couple threes? Now it's like, hey, Dario. Well, no, <laughs> I, I think start like, at the five. Like realistically, <laughs> like the talent level of the starters, uh, the the like greatness mm-hmm. was way up high. Yeah. And so you didn't need the talent level of those secondary pieces, those rotational pieces, exactly, to, to be all the way up here. Right. That you needed them to be like really good pieces. But as this top tier has slid down. They didn't have younger pieces or secondary pieces step up. What mm-hmm. they had was those secondary pieces take a huge step backwards. Yes. And so the decline of the secondary pieces is as great as a decline of the top tier pieces. And that's, this is typical. It, 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 it's, you know, this is Rome. This is like Rome fell. Yes. Like that's like, this eventually, is how the NBA goes. It is. Eventually every <laughs> great team does fall apart and mm-hmm. become, you know, the, the some of the pieces are no longer greater than the whole, whatever it is. Like they they sure. just aren't as good. Yeah, and, and so that's I think that's where we're at. And hey, look, they could still walk out on the court tonight and stomp the Sacramento Kings. I'm not saying that they're not great. That they still can't. They don't have greatness hiding in them because mm-hmm. they do, and they could still be that team tonight. So all of this said, like we can sit here and analyze this team all we want and talk mm-hmm. about the Golden State Warriors for way longer than we intended to today. Yeah. But at the same time, this is still a team that is, like, they are. They're on a, on any one night they can be really, really good. Yeah. But over the course of eighty-two and a playoffs, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see it. The thing that messed them up, and then we'll we'll punt the Warriors in Narnia. But the thing that messed them up was their miscalculation of how good Steph Curry would continue to be. I think they believed that they were going to be able to draft James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga, and that the the team was just going to not be very good, and they would be able to just play those guys and let them figure it out. And then it turned out they still had an MVP caliber staff. And all of a sudden, letting James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga figure it out on the fly while playing 30 minutes a night was not going to work because that wasn't going to help them win. And so now I think they're trying to scramble and backtrack, and you just can't, you just can't do that. And yes. paying Draymond Green... Four years and a hundred million dollars, I think, is probably counterproductive. Well, yeah, I, to I totally agree. I also think that paying Jordan Poole what they paid him <laughs> to, to try to Boy. like somehow bridge some sort of gap, and sure, like uh, you know, Chris Paul can still play; he's just not the same player. Um, and you had to take on that contract to get out from underneath the other contract, and yeah, interesting stuff, man. At watching a team like reach the pinnacle, stay at the pinnacle for so long. Be great for so long. Yes. 
and then to watch how it slowly disintegrates. And like, I know this, this sounds really weird, but to, to be on, just on the barely on the outside of it, because mm-hmm. like, look, I covered so many yeah, of their yeah. playoff games. I was in game seven right. locker rooms a couple of times, like to watch it from afar and to be like a, a person who drops in and, and watches it. And then, but then to a be, neutral observer. Yeah. To be on the outside, watching it slowly crumble mm-hmm. is really interesting. Cause this is where like, where the legacy comes in. This is how you will be remembered. Some of it will be how you're remembered at the end. And like, do they, do they do this with grace and dignity or is this who they are now? They're they're the drag you across the court by your neck. Uh, they're the yell at a, you know, one of the most seasoned veteran, not yell, but take offense uh, to a question that a seasoned journalist didn't even ask. <laughs> is that who they become? Right. You know, right. like, and I, I'm I'm intrigued by this because even the Steve Kerr, I've said it a couple of times, like he's become such an enabler and I've never looked at him as an enabler. I, I've always looked at him as such a great coach. And, but this is how you'll be defined, some of it. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating to watch. It is. Uh, Monty McNair takes some notes. Just saying. There's a problem in the locker room. Maybe nip it in the bud. Yeah. That's all. Launch him into space. Launch him, in, launch him into the sun. All right. Let's shift gears momentarily and discuss whatever the hell happened on Monday Night Football last night. And then we'll get into our top five uh, teams in the NFL. That's coming up next. And then plenty more Warriors Kings. And an all-time bad loss for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that next. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 